What is happening, guys? Welcome back to the What's Happening podcast. I have um, Shannon on today, um, and we are talking about giving birth during a pandemic and basically, you know, being pregnant during a pandemic and how that compares to before a pandemic, because Shannon has had the experience of having kids before and during, um, and also giving birth when she was COVID positive as well. So we're going to start talking about that, um, see how, you know, the key differences before and after with, you know, regulations, all that sort of stuff, and then wherever it goes from there we'll take it from there so first thing i'll ask you shannon is tell me a bit about um when you gave birth and stuff and where obviously and you know what was the key things you noticed that jumped out to you straight away compared to giving birth before because obviously you had two kids before yeah then you had one during and obviously you had covid at the time yeah so like what were the key you know like when you're initially in the room or whatever and you're sitting there there's always something that jumps out at you like what was the key sort of things that were you were like jesus like that is so different and weird compared to the other times well if you go back the very very beginning of the pregnancy the first thing that really the first time it really hit me was you're going for your 12-week scan so usually you just go for your 12-week scan you've got your partner with you you'll be brought in and they'll ask you loads of questions about all what disease your granny has and what things you're what's wrong with your mummy and what's wrong with your partner's mummy and what's wrong with their your is partner's this, sorry is this because I, I didn't know any of this sorry to interrupt but is this just to check like to see if the baby's going to have anything wrong with basically yeah it's yeah. just to see if you can predict if there's going to be anything oh, right, okay. or maybe during pregnancy if there's anything they need to be careful yeah. of like things like that that oh, maybe might pop up um but straight out the bat so bef- previously i just went in and had my scan um Dean would be there you'd be asking they'd ask him questions about his family they'd ask you questions about your family but this time it was right you come up you come down you stay in the car we'll call you when you come in for the scan you go in for your scan and then it's like right bye bye Dean <laughs> that's it like yeah. that's the very start of it like he goes so you just have to wait in the car yeah just wait in the yeah. car um until that was until it was your appointment time so That's we so had weird. to then travel down separately because the next part of the, the scan only takes 15 minutes. Yeah. But then the rest of the appointments may be like an hour, an hour and a half by the yeah. time they ask you all these questions. Now, it's all right for me. I've sat with Dean twice before yeah. while he's went, oh, my granda has diabetes and my granny has this <laughs> yeah. wrong with her. But if it was somebody who you had, hadn't maybe been with their partner for that long, they wouldn't think to ask. No. What's wrong with your granny? Do you know what I mean? So I before you go in. Yeah. Yeah. So they're going in for this first time appointment with like no knowledge and they're maybe, I don't know, like you're just sitting. Yeah. No, that's very, Jesus. Yeah. I never, see, that's, I never even thought, like I thought, you know, when people go for a scan and stuff, it's literally, yeah. they do an ultrasound and then they're like, right, there's the head, there's the arms, it's a boy, whatever, you know, yeah. there you go. Um, I never actually realized they asked, you know, all those sorts of questions. Like I never yeah. knew that. So like. I suppose you're right, you know, half, I wouldn't even know half the time. Like, if I was sitting down, you know, like, if I put myself, you know, in your shoes, even going, like, the first time if I went, and let's say, you know, I didn't have my partner with me, or let's say it was, you know, before, could you not bring, like, two people and stuff? Yeah. Like, so you could bring, like, if it was me, right, I would need my mum there and my partner, because I wouldn't know my own family. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, if someone goes, ah, uh, any serious, you know, illnesses and you're, like, granny or your granda or you know your cousins or whatever i wouldn't know 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'd be like, fuck, I don't even know. So like, I'd almost need two people there to be like one side of the family. Tell me about that. And then like, you'd know the main things, but then yeah. your mom might turn around and be like, oh yeah, well your granny actually has anemia or something. And you're like, oh really? I never knew that. Whereas, <laughs> uh, yeah, like if you were going in on your own, that, that would be really daunting. Like, yeah. um, especially, you know, because at the end of the day, like can it make a difference? Obviously, is it just a check or can it actually, can they do stuff to make sure that it, you know, doesn't, you know, happen type thing? Yeah um i'm not actually sure but from that appointment you know that at that stage that i've had things wrong and wrong in my like the past with me during my other two pregnancies and at that stage then with amelia i was referred to a consultant so it can depend on whether or not whether your care is going to be simply mid midwife led or whether you're going to need to see a consultant and how regularly you will need to see a consultant that is quite because i you know that was one of the biggest things, you know, over lockdown I heard was the initial, like, when lockdown first happened, the initial thing I heard on the news was lockdown babies. You know, all yeah. people are going to have because there's nothing else to do. And then after, you know, like, got down, you know, a couple of months, like, basically, you know, like, you when did you, you were January or... Yeah. Yeah, so that's basically, what, nine months after the first lockdown. So that would have been when a lot of people, you know, that would have been when they first started talking about, right, well, lockdown babies now we have to give birth oh fuck it's a nightmare yeah. you know what i mean because of the way like covid is and stuff and like then it was funny the way i saw the news tra- like sort of move from oh people are going to have lockdown babies this is great to fuck this is a nightmare actually when it comes to giving birth to them you know because yeah. in the situation and well stuff. actually like one of the only i didn't do like research because i just wanted this to be like i just wanted it to be about me because yeah. i just think i'm a superstar <laughs> no way joking. i just didn't really want to be bringing in facts because i'm not i'm not educated to be talking about it but one of the things that i did say was or did say sorry was that um 58 percent of people who were planning to have a baby have actually decided to put it off until the pandemic like until the world's in a better place kind of and 19 percent of people who were who were questioned who were planning to have a baby have actually just said no yeah we're not gonna we're not gonna go ahead and have a baby at all now what do you think the main reason for that is do you think it's because of you know job security and stuff or do you think it's more because of the process of actually like as you like being pregnant and then giving birth like during like a pandemic do you think that would be the main thing could be that or could you well I, here's me gonna go off but like <laughs> you know the maybe just see the way that the government are handling yeah. things and realistically like they're not they're not handling things yeah. probably properly so why would would anybody yeah. want to bring a baby think jordan i've listened to you before talk about it like why would anybody want to bring a baby into yeah. the world and maybe that's just one of the things that have highlighted that for people yeah. is why would people want to bring a baby into the yeah, world whenever that's the way it is yeah i i see i i would you know most people know me i'm t- like it's not that i'm anti-kids i just kind of look at it you know from a philosophical point of view yeah. you know why bring a kid into the world if it's a possibility that it's going to have a fucking shit life you yeah. know what i mean but like i suppose you know that all depends on situations like if you're sorted you're living well you know you've got a good income and stuff and you know the world is good yeah. then why wouldn't you have a kid and i suppose that's kind of you know like the baby boomer generation is like right the war's over and all you know all this prosperity and stuff fucking let's have kids like not many people were having kids during the war you know yeah. what i mean and rightly so um there were more important things to worry about than you know get feeding another fucking baby whereas now i think you know it's kind of that same idea it's of it's the same with like going on holidays like you might be able to go on holidays in the summer but most people aren't even 
thinking about it because they're like right there's more important things to worry about yeah i suppose it's like you know if you did have a kid now it's not the end of the world like but people might just want to wait and be like right i'd rather have a kid later down the line whenever one my job's more secure after covid yeah and two the kid's gonna have you know like a normal upbringing because you know i saw a thing and it it affects your oldest who's adrian is five yeah about schools and stuff yeah and i was talking to dean by the way if anybody doesn't know dean is shannon's husband just in case some random man we're talking about um he's on the last episode which is quite funny but anyway um like i was talking to dean a couple of weeks ago and we're talking about lockdown and stuff and he said to me about you know he can't wait till the schools reopen Mm -hmm. to get you know adriana back into school and you know initially i thought like i think i replied to that message with i true i'm sure you can't wait to get her out of your hair you know just yeah get her into school <laughs> just like get her away yeah. to fuck but that's a no- do you know what i mean that's a normal parent thing like yeah. when i was younger you know i always thought my parents wanted me to go to school for the education and the thing and of course you do yeah i never once thought oh they're looking rid of me but you need your own time and your mm-hmm. own space but in terms of the education side of things talking about you know bringing a kid up and stuff obviously you know it's a massive deal like in economics we learn about um you know the benefits of education and why the government provides education for free like primary school and nursery and stuff and then you maybe pay a wee bit at secondary and then university is really expensive and the main argument is is that at a very young age the benefits of education are so high yeah but when you get older they sort of dwindle so like you go into like adriana for example adriana goes into p1 with barely able to read and write right yeah um, and obviously can't talk properly because she's five by the time she leaves primary school she's able to read she's able to write she's able to talk you know like pretty much the way she's like most adults talk and mm-hmm. that's all and everybody develops the same way and that's because of primary education and that's crucial like if you only have primary and secondary education you'll get a job but if you're not able to read or write you'll never get a job and like i think that's one of the biggest issues a lot of parents have with their kids being out of school now especially young kids like primary school kids and stuff is they're missing out on like a key year of their development yeah. do you were you whenever you know you we were getting rid of well getting rid is the wrong word but like trying to get rid of adriana to go to school <laughs> were you were both of them things in your mind or was it more just a i just need a break type thing you know what i mean yeah well I'm, i won't say i didn't need the break i, f- I fucking did because yeah obviously obviously I was either very heavily pregnant or I just had a newborn yeah. so I was just busting to get her back into the into the school but the two things really were I knew that my patience level is nowhere near what her teacher is god yeah. help her teacher because she is she must have the patience of a saint well, that's why she's a teacher and yeah <laughs> <laughs> but like I just don't have the patience to sit and go guh guh grass like that type of thing i just don't it's just not in me homeschooling and it it was easier before the the new baby came but the other thing was that adriana is the type of child that really really thrives off a routine yeah um so whenever she's in a routine everything just kind of seems to go smoother so whenever you don't have school um and then on top of that i was quite ill during pregnancy it's just who, like so i wasn't really yeah. able to get out of the house all that much all the time because i just didn't have the energy yeah. or i wasn't well enough so it was just kind of like i i i'm feel i just kind of felt like i'm failing her because yeah. i'm just too exhausted too unwell to do anything for her and she's just completely missing out on friends getting a proper education being around people her own age type of thing 
she's stuck in the house with her mum who's <laughs> let's let's face it a wee bit lackluster at the minute <laughs> and uh, like at before having amelia and a one-year-old who kind of demands more attention yeah. than what adriana would so it just wasn't fair yeah. you know but then it's not like your fault and it's kind of yeah. you know it is that hopeless thing i think you know i always hear you know parents talk about um you know with covid and other things about feeling like hopeless as if they want to help their kids but there's nothing they can do about it and it's like you know it's the same with you like you can't open the schools you know that's not your fault like Like, you having covid you know while you were pregnant is not your fault you know what i mean um but talking about actually because we forgot to actually mention that you had covid when you were like pregnant yeah how was that was that not a fucking nightmare or do you think it affected you differently than if you weren't pregnant or i don't well i think the main things that really affected with the covid was like um i just touched on it there that i was basically quite unwell whenever i was having the baby um and whenever i was pregnant one of the things is like i ha- I always when in pregnancy would have problems with like my kidneys and utis and stuff and uh one of the times that i actually happened to have a uti me and dean were in isolation so the doctor had rang and she'd said um we need you to bring a sample of your urine down and i was like look i'm in isolation here <laughs> I, I still have a week of isolation today at this stage this was October and it was still at the two weeks it hadn't been cut down to the 10 days yet and um she's like yeah but in, an, in a medical emergency and all you can get permission to leave the house and all so I had, was sitting ringing like track and trace yeah because don't get me wrong my I I do have family support there but you don't want to ring your brother and be like here Ethan I know you've been doing our groceries for us and <laughs> You've been going to the shop and getting this milk. That's really good. But I actually need you to come and collect this pot of my piss and bring it down to the doctors for <laughs> yeah. me. You wouldn't mind, would you? Like, Yeah. So I just didn't want to ring somebody and ask them to do that. So it was like having to then get permission because you're obviously meant to be isolating and people are getting fined for things like that just to run down and run into the doctors just to leave stuff, yeah. stuff in, you know, things like that. And then cholecystitis at one stage, which is like inflammation of the gallbladder. Um, and I had to... I had to go to any so first of all there were uh, there's things in pregnancy in a way you know people let you cut in front of them in the queue which is great or you know you hear about people and they give you they give you seats give their seats up on the train or they give you their seat on the bus or whatever like that's all lovely but see in pregnancy whenever you're unwell you are a second class citizen because they're like in terms of pain management they're like oh we can only give you um cocodamol because anything else will affect the baby you're like really i do not give a flat fuck about the baby <laughs> i only give a fuck about my own pain yeah, right now do yeah. you know what i mean or like so i was like whenever i was in a and whenever i was in hospital and stuff i had um i was a nurse she was actually from the philippines and she'd said i don't i don't like telling you this but you're not the priority here yeah. and i was like what do you mean i'm the priority to me so why am i not the pri- but you don't have covid you don't have covid so we can't we don't want to be keeping you in here whenever you don't have covid and it's like yeah but i'm going ho- if you send me home i'm going to be lying in my bed screaming in pain yeah because it's so i'm in so much agony like do you not think because that brings me on to an interesting point do you not find and to me it's annoyed like i've you know seen a lot on stuff in the news and it's a, it's kind of annoyed me is this all of a sudden you know idea that coronavirus is the only issue that matters yeah and like you know i remember seeing it was a couple of months back robin swan 
said you know they were cancelling all like all the health trusts in northern ireland said they were cancelling all like red light or red flag cancer surgeries because mm-hmm. of covid patients and to me you know don't get me wrong there is a there is a major issue with you know if you do run into a situation where you can't help everybody you have to obviously compartmentalize and help those who are most in need yeah but surely that doesn't mean only helping the covid patients do you know what i mean i just kind of thought you know don't get me wrong if there's stuff you can put back like my granny's waiting surgery in her gallbladder has been for ages she's not in a lot of pain or anything you know it annoys her every now and then yeah so like if her surgery's pushed back because of covid fair enough you know no one has an issue with that you know same with you know if i was having a surgery you know um you know maybe on something you know minor like let's say a tore ligament or something and it needed realigned and they're like look you're gonna have to wait a couple of months or people literally die in here yeah but like in your situation you know to be told you're not the priority mm-hmm. you know yes don't get me wrong it's not anybody else's fault that they have covid yeah but it's not your fault that other people are there with covid yeah yeah do you know what i mean like did that not rile you up yeah completely completely enraged me like because already already on the trip to any um on any any trip to hospital that i had been for whether it was for i had to go for uti or whether it was um i'd had kidney stones like just fucking seems to be everything wrong with me whenever i'm <laughs> pregnant but the one thing really is that previously whenever i was pregnant with aurora i had um like a really bad kidney infection yeah. and dane was able to be there for me because whenever you're in pain you need somebody to be able to go this Just is when, tell, this right. is when the pain start like be, even to be able to speak to doctors and nurses and be like right this is when the pain started this is what she's been being like this is what the pain is like but whenever you we were in it whenever i was in any on my own um it's just kind of like you have to be prepared to be your own advocate completely to be like this is the this is the pain i'm in and you need to address this and you need to help me because there's nobody else there to speak on your behalf and that's it like that's the way i kind of think whenever i think about my pregnancy with amelia the overwhelming like word that i would associate with it would be loneliness because every stage whether it was after my 20 week scan all the appointments were on my own any like emergency trip to the the ane or to the hospital was by myself like there was never anybody there with me to be an advocate for me or just to hold my hand or just to be just to be there it was yeah. all completely on my on my own you know yeah i like um as you said there you know about obviously feeling lonely yeah and being on your own and stuff and you know do you think in that situation like you you said about pain and stuff it kind of reminds me of like you know when you're a kid and yeah. you go to the doctors and it's like your mom or your dad or whoever it's like right you tell the doctor what's wrong with me yeah and like when you get older it's like you see them memes and it's like me <laughs> 25 being made to like tell the doctor what's wrong with me and you're like on the phone it's like the dog you're like on grimacing, the phone like, yeah tears in your hiding eyes away from yeah. It. like um yeah like i you know the thing that gets me a lot is people assume when you grow up that you know once you reach 18 you're just an adult yeah. you know maybe give you leeway till you're 21 and then once you get to 21 you're fully grown adult you can do all this stuff on your own mm-hmm. and you know everybody is still inside them they're still a kid you know yeah. what i mean and no matter what age you get you still need that support and that help and stuff and you know to me personally not having not allowing one person in with somebody in a sit in a situation like that i find kind of you know what like i don't know i just don't understand where that actually like what the benefit is 
of not like one having one person in in full PPE, let's say. Yeah. What harm? Like, okay, if the PPE's not there, fair enough. But even like you know, like you said about whenever you were actually was you had COVID when you were given birth, mm-hmm. and Dean wasn't allowed in because you had COVID. Yeah. It was like a COVID positive household, so he obviously couldn't come yeah. in in case he gave it to other people. Yeah. But like to me, the way I look at it is, if he was tested beforehand, right? And it was negative. And you said he'd already had it as well. Yeah, he'd already had it over New Year's and I was given birth at the end of January. To me, like, I just find that absurd. Like, what is the... Do you know what I mean? Did you not think yeah. that as well? Like, Yeah, I think really... I I got the phone call to say that I was COVID positive because I, I, it was just a routine test. You know, I wasn't really feeling symptomatic. It was just routine because it was to be induced the week after. And Dane actually woke me up um on the Saturday morning and he had the bed manager from the Royal on the phone. And I was like what fuck do you know it was just awake i just didn't understand what was going on and he's like the bed manager from the royals on the phone you need to take it and i gra- i grabbed the phone and i was like hello and she's like hi it's claire i'm the bed manager in the royal um i'm just giving you a wee call about your uh covid swab from yesterday um it's came back positive and i was like what but it was just like just awake it just kind of didn't really hit me um but over the first thing was like i wasn't even worried about having covid because at that stage you know it felt completely fine it was more so what is my not what is my birth gonna be like now um so it kind of been a, a, she was just kind of talking away and this is this is what's gonna happen because at this stage it was still to be induced so what would happen was i would have to go in a separate door and they would they would ring me and i would go and run a separate door and then i would have to say on my own until things were picking up but i was still allowed a birth partner and then i was like oh right okay i'm still allowed a birth partner so Dean, Dean can come with me and she was like no and I was like what do you mean she says no Dean's in your household it's gonna have to be somebody that's not been in your household that you've not seen in the past at, at this stage I think it's maybe two days before isn't it that you're supposed to be able to pass it on to them and um, that you haven't seen for two days and you're not allowed to see them until the day you're actually being induced and I was like right okay and Dean's kind of sig- signaling to me I've already had COVID I've already ask her ask her and I was like uh, my husband's trying to get me to ask here he's already had COVID at the start of the month can he come in can he come in with me you know does that change anything and the answer was no it had to be somebody that had zero contact with me until I went in but surely it's more of a risk yeah you know and it's not you know don't get me wrong I'm not slagging off the doctors and nurses they're just doing what they're told but like you know whoever's making those decisions at the top like surely bringing somebody like let's say you brought your brother in or something you know surely bringing him in when he didn't have covid to then have to come you know down to the hospital go in when you're there and all and stuff surely you're putting another you're putting him at, at risk yeah, yeah exactly rather than like surely it would make more sense to bring someone from the yeah. same household who's more likely to already well he's already had it in his case but even if he hadn't had it surely bringing him and then if he gets it yeah it would have still been contained in, yeah, the, in our the household, household. But then I, they were all right with me. Then I was supposed to have a backup birth partner. Um, but then after the after anybody who came with, if they came with me to give birth, they would have had to isolate for the ten days. So then they're not being uh, the manager. My friend's manager wasn't going to pay her no for taking the ten, which is completely yeah, fair. But you can't yeah. turn around and ask somebody. Like, no. So you just did you just take me through going into the royal right? Um, from when you went in until when you left. Yeah. 
what was it like like just take me through the whole thing because it's a type of thing you know unless you've actually been pregnant it's a very exclusive club you know to witness what actually happened like so yeah go if you don't mind take us through like you know what happened from when you went like when you started realizing like fuck the baby's coming right to then leaving the hospital so i got out of bed then after the phone call and i went to the toilet and this is like TMI, maybe Jordan doesn't want to hear this, but what <laughs> what happens whenever the baby's coming a lot of the times is you will have a, a bloody show. Yeah. So it's just like you're like a mucus plug to stop the baby coming out. Yeah. It's starting to cut it starts coming oh, away, okay, which is like yeah. blood and mucus and all the rest of it. So it's coming away. So I knew, right, the baby's gonna be here. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but he, but she will be here soon. Yeah. Do you know what? It won't be too long. But I kinda got into my head then because I knew then at that stage um, that was like before 10 o'clock on Saturday morning I knew I'm gonna have to do this on my own like I'm not gonna have anybody with me and even like I have a friend who's a nurse she had had part one of her COVID vaccine and had rang back the bed manager but they, they weren't allowing her to come either so it was like right I'm gonna do this on my own I'm gonna do it on my own now it was just a case of positive mental attitude yeah. PMA the whole way like I just knew I'm just gonna ha- I'm gonna have this baby this weekend that's what I'm gonna do and I just got up and went straight on the ball yeah the you know like the big birth and ball yeah, yeah. Like exercise ball I got straight on that and I was bouncing I was bouncing and then the contraction started and I was like I'm having this baby she'll be here today or tomorrow that's all I kept telling myself she's going to be here today or tomorrow that's it and then I went for a shower me and Dana are just watching shite TV and it gets to like half eleven and it just hits me I just turned to him and I'm like Dane I'm going to have the baby tonight but how am I getting to the hospital fuck yeah <laughs> How am I getting to the hospital? Because obviously... Can't drive and he can't drive. Yeah, yeah, he's supposed to be isolating. With two kids who are in bed already at this stage. How am I, how am I meant to get there? Like, I would have been happy enough driving myself, but obviously you'd be stopping and starting the car. Yeah, and fuck, you wouldn't want to be doing that. You like. wouldn't want to be doing that. Like, I would have done it if it came to it. So I'd rang the hospital and I was like, look, I'm just kind of wondering here. It's just kind of hit me. I have no <laughs> idea how I'm getting to the hospital. I'm in, I'm in labour. At this stage, my contractions are like six or seven minutes apart. How, how am, I, am I? Do I ring an ambulance? Yeah. And the nurse is like, well, you would only ring an ambulance in an emergency. Uh, All right, then I'll just have the baby in the kitchen floor. <laughs> I'll just here, like, like pop into the bath and <laughs> fucking squirt the baby out here. What's the crack? <laughs> yeah. And she's like, I'll just get the sister to ring you back. So next thing then, about 10 minutes later, the phone rings and the sister is ring. The sister's giving me a call and she says that one of the big taxi companies like a phone a cab the phone a cab or value cabs in belfast they have a designated covid driver who will pick people up and bring them to the hospital but this was obviously a saturday night in lockdown yeah you know there's no guarantee that he's going to be working they wouldn't know if he was going to be coming into work until after three o'clock so it would just kind of be see what happens so i was like right okay so we've got this man that can possibly pick us up well, like pick me up i'll just have to see what happens but i was like that's not going to be good enough because i knew the i knew at that stage she was on her way like things were progressing fast and i was like right so the, we had to devise a plan so the plan was then that ethan my brother and fr- he's also friends with jordan we'll just pop that in there <laughs> big up ethan yeah. um <laughs> I, he's all right like. he's all right he's a good lad um he was to come in the front door and we were to go out the back door and just not have any contact with him I went in before he came and like de- like that all spread everything. So what do you mean? So he, did he? What did he, did he drive you or did he no, watch the kids? He just watched the kids ah, because right, okay. I didn't want 
then that would be him having to isolate for 10 True, days because yeah. there's close contact in the car. So it was easier. Dean had already been with me just for Dean to drive me down. True, yeah. Drop me at the hospital and then go. So I give, we got to the stage then that it was time to give Ethan the call. And we got down to the hospital and I rang them and uh, they brought me in. So at that stage then, whenever they were bringing me in, that was me completely on my own. I'd done what I could at home. I'd, I'd got the actually eight centimetres dilated by myself. Um, but they dropped me, they dropped me at the door and straight away that was me on my own. Now, they're, they're not allowed to really touch you because you're COVID positive and they're not supposed to touch your stuff. Yeah. But one of the things that had hit me during the day whenever I was having contractions was I'm COVID positive and I'm not going to be allowed visitors. So I'd packed all these, I'd packed a suitcase for me I hold all for the baby because yeah. I didn't know how, if this would impact how long I was going to be in hospital for. So I just like realized that I'm going to need more stuff because there's no visitors allowed. There's nobody to bring me down. Spare pajamas, spare changes of clothes, things for the baby if I need them. Like yeah. I needed to have all this stuff. So with three bags. So I was trying to get in with three bags into the hospital while having re- like really bad contractions. And then next thing she's like, right, you need to take... Uh, sorry jordan but Go ahead. you're gonna have to take your trousers <laughs> off so we can see how dilated you are yeah. of course i decided to wear fucking running tights to the hospital <laughs> like one of the most yeah. difficult things to get on and off and that's it like that's where then you it started to hit me like the real differences because you have nobody i just had to even give you a hand doing it and yeah they yeah. give me a hand like even just taking my trousers off um and then she was like expected you to get redressed so she could bring you up to the delivery suite now, while all this is going on, you're fully masked up, so you're having contractions with trying, trying to breathe, yeah. trying to breathe through the mask, and obviously they're all telling you to do all that. You know the the breathing technique. Everybody's like, yeah, <laughs> all that their shit. Like you're trying <laughs> to do all that to breathe through the contractions with a fucking mask on. It's a bit ridiculous. And then she's telling you, right, we're going to bring you upstairs, so you have to bring all your cl- you have to br- get your clothes back on. And I was like, I I'm not getting dressed by myself, like just put my pants back on she put a sheet around me in the wheelchair but i'm sitting in this wheelchair being wheeled up to the ward with like a suitcase on my knee a big bump a suitcase on my knee a hold all carrier bag and then trying to hold at a backpack full of like fucking <laughs> lucasade and snacks yeah. and biscuits and all sorts and it's sitting on the top and then i'm trying to hold on to this stuff having contractions getting up to the, the labor room into the delivery suite and then from that stage, I was allowed the mask off until then the baby was born because it was having gas in her. So I had the mask off then at that stage. But the nurse was completely like, she had goggles, some goggles on. She had a mask on. She had a visor on. She had like a long sleeved, I don't know, like a surgical gown is what I would describe it as. Like a long sleeved surgical gown. Then she had gloves on over the ends of the sleeve. So they were pulled up like halfway up her yeah. forearm they were kind of pulled up and then she had a white disposable apron on as well so she was completely what's that what is it covered up covered up with the ppa ppa yeah. what i was looking for there oh right yeah. she was completely ppa'd up the fuck like <laughs> there was nothing getting on her it's so not I, very inviting is it like? yeah so yeah but that's it like whenever i was in the wheelchair they took all the, they took the bags off me because she was then obviously she, uh, she wasn't really touching yeah, anything so with all the gloves and yeah. stuff on <laughs> And then they're still like a wee bit standoffish. Like they don't want to touch you, but they're like... Even though they've got all this stuff on. Even yeah. though they've got all this stuff on. So they're telling me, get out of the wheelchair and get into the bed. And I'm like, fuck. 
<laughs> How am I doing this on, yeah, on my own? Because the beds are high, like as yeah, well. the bed was high enough, and she wanted me to get up and walk from the other side of the room. It's just my the contractions, the pain were just going through my legs. Yeah, my legs were just shaking like a leaf. Like. The last thing you want to do is fall and then. Yeah, God so knows next thing I was like throwing myself out of the bed. It was like something out of you know that misery with fucking Kathy Bates. Yeah, yeah, the <laughs> she's, exorcist. Or she's something. broke his legs. <laughs> no, he's trying to get back into the bed so she doesn't know he's been arsing about. But that's like what it was like. I was like trying to throw myself onto the bed and then got onto the bed and that was it like the baby was born luckily it was at that stage very quick but i think it was because i did, i was like the baby's gonna be born the baby's just gonna yeah she's just gonna come out like from me getting into the delivery suite it was 13 minutes for a couple of days yeah before she was there and dean had only really got in through the door but that's it then like the mask and all was back on and from that stage then again like i know i keep saying it but just lonely again like yeah. on your own because previously whenever you've had whenever you have babies before the kind of the come in and the help you they help the baby get dressed they'll get the baby dressed for you and then which i suppose at this stage is important to say it's not just me that's being classified as covid positive they're giving the baby a covid positive status as well i thought you were about to say though they gave it a test and no, I no 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 like, no <laughs> <laughs> no they don't test the baby but they just assume like they just assume that you know she is COVID positive, but they don't actually know. I think they don't want to do it because I wouldn't really. Obviously, want the baby. you wouldn't know. That's what I mean. Like imagine sticking that up the baby's nose and all. It's yeah. really boring. Like fuck. So yeah, they they do kind of just qualify the baby as COVID positive as well. So yeah. they're not really wanting to handle either of you. So previously, and my experiences was like whenever I got round out of the delivery ward, um, to my to your own ward or your own room with Adriana, they took Adriana to the nursery and let me sleep, which was obviously brilliant which is brilliant yeah. now it's only three or four hours but it's it's valuable like and then with aurora they took her that she had difficulty feeding and stuff so they took her one night to try and feed her because i was just struggling they took her for hearing tests they took her for checks all her way checks and stuff and they've done that with adriana too like but that was like what i noticed to be the main difference was once they got me it was a military operation to move me around the hospital to get me to my own room and then once I was in my own room, it was just basically me and the baby with no with no help. They come in, they check the vitals. Do you need any more pads? Do you need any more baby milk? Do you, like, are you all right? Yeah, all right. Yeah, that's okay. Then we'll see you in another four hours, another three or four hours. Jesus. So what happens then? You know, are you then expected to look after the baby? Like, you know, if it goes to the toilet and stuff like that, are you expected to get up and... yeah. Even though we've literally just given birth, like, <laughs> well, whenever you give birth, like, is it not sore? Do you know what I mean? Obviously, uh, you're obviously yeah, sore and stuff, I mean. but like, they basically want you to get up straight away and have a shower and stuff. So, you, whenever you've had the baby, within the next couple of hours, you're basically straight into the shower. And once they have, once they have assessed everything in your placenta, because you have to give birth to your placenta as well, the afterbirth. So once that's done, they've maybe had to stitch you up or whatever they have to do. They didn't have to stitch me up this time, but what was the question <laughs> i like you have to like fully take yeah, care of yeah, it just yeah. straight yeah, after yeah but that's the thing that the main difference then was that with the other two there was that kind of wee bit of support yeah, and wee bit of help it, yeah. whenever because obviously there is visit hours but there was no visit hours whenever you're covid positive yeah. like so um but in the visit hours you've maybe got them there and in between times you've got the wee midwives coming around and they're all they're there for a reason they love their job they love babies they're they're holding the baby and you're all right do you need anything do you want a wee cup of tea do you want a wee biscuit or anything like all that there or they'll take the baby off for you to have a wee bit of sleep or yeah. whatever but this time it's just like completely by myself and what was amelia like like did she cry a lot initially no but i think she was in the uh she was in the incubator 
because her oh, temper okay. she kind of because i was um diabetic during pregnancy she our wee temperature was low they had to check her blood sugars things like that so she was in the incubator so i think that wee bit of warmth helped helped yeah. keep her settled so how many days then after you get like did you leave hospital two days and what was it like leaving was it the same like were they treating you like you had the big and all yeah so what so i they rang dean to say or they rang me to say right they rang you sorry they came into the room they that said, wouldn't surprise me though if they did ring you to try and not come into the room no like, that everything everything they came into the room but everybody's masked up and yeah. they've got visors and again like your woman whenever i was in the delivery suite the, the full aprons and full fucking surgical gowns and all yeah. sorts on um, but they came in and says, right, ring Dean and get him to come down. So there was another girl also leaving at the same time as me. So Dean had arrived, but they were getting her out first. And then it was my turn. So I had the baby in the wee, like a wee bed that you can, a wee cot that you can wheel. Thinking, right, she'll just be wheeled down in that. No. the I had to carry, or they carried, somebody carried the baby. I took the suitcase but it was a stage of like nobody else was allowed in the in the lift. It was like a military operation. So the like the nurses were like just like this here to everybody, like waving their yeah. hand, like stop, stop. <laughs> like not letting anybody pass. So I wasn't physically allowed to touch anything. So I was like I walked with my arms because whenever I was co- going from the delivery suite round to the ward, the first time I'd touched a door and I'd actually been like not to- I don't want to say I was told off 2319 but- <laughs> Monsters Inc <laughs> that was a- it was a wee bit like that they were like do not touch anything was- <laughs> I'm sorry I completely forgot I completely forgot but on the way down whenever I was bringing the baby down to the car I was just walking with my arms crossed at my chest like just don't touch anything yeah. just don't touch anything so they were carrying the baby and uh, I had the backpack on and I had an, uh, one of the carry-all folded into my arm it was like just don't touch anything people every people were like stop when they left at every floor and they were like no no and they think everybody knew what was going on and then instead of bringing like there's probably other doors that could have took me out of but they took me out of the main door into the royal maternity like so all these girls are arriving for their antenatal appointments like what the just, what the fuck's going on here yeah like, what the yeah. fuck's going on it was like the parting of the red sea to get me out <laughs> and then so there's like a side door which is where the ambulance would usually bring people in and there's a front like a front door but they're both in the same entrance yeah they were trying to get that open but it, the, the ambulance door but it wouldn't open so they had to actually bring me out the front door and it was like people were just looking at you yeah like you had the basically like you had the spanish influenza or yeah. something do you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah you were like fucking dizzy like you were like cursed or something yeah. like leprosy in the bible or something yeah you could see people being like may the power of christ come <laughs> <out."> <laughs> the well, that must feel anymore. really like you know not lonely but almost embarrassing yeah do you know what i mean to a degree like obviously you know don't get me wrong like you know you need to follow the protocols and that's not yeah. the intention of anybody but surely when you're getting wheeled out of the hospital or whatever well walking out of the hospital and they're like basically you know don't touch anything and making everybody stay back and all like yeah. it's almost like ostracizing you do you know what i mean like this person's fucking disease like stay back and all like it was sure almost like, like you know that bit in game of thrones where it's like shame, shame. yeah shame. yeah bloom, bloom, bloom. that exactly yeah that's what it would say it would feel like that way do <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean yeah it would be so yeah like i would i don't know like that is pretty rough like and yeah you know the fact as well and um, so like you know obviously dean like he's not been there at the birth you know how did like how did he feel you know during that because obviously you know obviously you know he's had two kids already so it's maybe not as you know i don't know like but maybe it's not as big a deal yeah. you know 
not in terms of you don't care about the kid as much, but just in terms of, you know, obviously the birth of your first kid is a massive deal. And it's, you know, it's like, oh, first kid and all yeah. that. But then once you've seen it, not as in like, oh, I've seen it once, I've seen it a thousand times type thing, but Jenga was easier, like, for both of you, I suppose. Um, But Dean as well, since he couldn't actually be there. Yeah. That it was your third and not your first, do you know what I mean? I think for Dean, maybe, you know, during the day after we'd had that phone call on the Saturday morning to say you know you're COVID positive and then would figured out that it was going to be on my own I think the, um, the enormity had kind of hit Dean because it is like it is a big life a, a big part of life and he had been there for the other two I think for for us both it was like that Saturday that I was in labour it was it, the atmosphere in the house was sad like it was yeah. just like a sadness that it was something that he was going to miss out on and it cut the cord for the other two but there was also a tremendous amount of worry because I've had with Adriana, it was over twenty four hours in labour, and Aurora, Aurora was actually the same. I think she was to maybe twenty seven hours of, of labour. So, previously I had had two long labours, um, that were like, he he had been there for, and he was able to help. And I think it was maybe as well, he just kind of felt a bit useless. Because what really can he do? Like, there's yeah. nothing. It was just a situation, but it was just kind of like, I just kind of had to be like, right. I need positivity like because if I because I was still was supposed to be induced and I'd been having like we um Braxton Hicks contractions which is like practice ones yeah and I, th- I thought I was going into labor a couple of times what do you mean fo- pra- what, practice contractions yeah your body gives you like practice contractions keeps to, you on your toes they keep you on your toes so like the week the weekend before I'd rang Ethan and I'd been like just letting you know you tonight might be the night no I'm just <laughs> don't you be having a beer just in case then nothing happened yeah. so it was a full week and then I was like right because I was still to be induced on the Friday and I was like we can't be I can't have like not 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 in a nasty I was like I can't have your negativity because if I'm gonna have to sit here and think for a week I'm gonna have this baby on my own yeah. then like I would actually just have drove myself mad so it was just kind of like right I understand that you're sad and I'm sad too and I'm worried too but we just need to you need to be PMA kind of like you know positive mental attitude you know one of those things where if somebody's sick you know I always find you know what to me seems to be like would be the hardest thing ever was I remember watching a was a while back like it was some I can't even remember the name of the movie or whatever it was some shite movie but the actual scene yeah the scene was shit too so it didn't spark any emotion but like the thought of it and it was like basically this woman had like you know whenever you get a head injury and it's one you know like a michael schumacher one where like yeah. he was fine but obviously he wasn't going to be but he didn't know that mm-hmm. but basically this girl had been in like a car crash or something and her husband came in and she felt fine everything seemed fine but the doctor basically told him like she's got a bleed in the brain there's nothing we can do about it you know yeah. you've got maybe like 15 minutes and then she's gone type thing and like he just went in and sat and you know like was just talking away as if everything was fine and stuff even though it wasn't you know it would have done her no benefit if he'd have came in and started being like crying and being like oh i'm gonna miss you so much and all yeah like he never they never told her obviously but like you know what i mean it's that keeping that positive sort of frame of mind yeah and that can be like that can be really difficult you know what i mean um but like you have to do it you know what i mean because if you're you feel bad how bad does yeah you know the other person who's actually you know going through it fail type thing um so yeah like i suppose that is key you know that you know as you say positive mental attitude and you know tyler would love you for saying that you know that's all he's about like but you know i'd be the type i would find that difficult 
you know, personally, because I'm, you know, I am an eternal pessimist. Like, yeah, and, you're a bit of, yeah. you know, I anything one thing goes wrong, and I'm, you know, it's the end of the world type yeah. thing. And I think on thing on things part, like obviously I can't speak for him, but whenever I was in labor with Aurora, so that's my second child, um, I lost an awful lot of blood. Yeah, and he afterwards said to me at one stage he just looked at the blood and he thought that I was going to die like <laughs> so I think he's maybe sitting at yeah. home and I'm just like I'm sitting on the bounce the bouncing on the birthing ball like positive mental attitude baby's going to be here today and it's, it's going to be here tomorrow and everything's just going to be fine and he's maybe thinking she's going to do this on her own the amount of blood she lost the last time she could I thought she was going to die the last time like what could happen <laughs> this time yeah. and I've been a lot sicker throughout the pregnancy as well so I think he was maybe panicking of what could have potentially yeah. went wrong but that's the last thing you want to hear yeah obviously that's it. yeah 100 yeah. percent. like i think you know it's kind of one of those things um you know what is it say? it's very similar to you know exercise and stuff mm-hmm. is you know you do have to just tell yourself one you know right just keep going you yeah. can do it you know take the next 10 minutes you know maybe you know in your case it was like right as you say like it's just that positive mental attitude of right we're going to get through this we're going to get through this and it's kind of like i would notice that a lot with like revision and stuff like yeah. not and it's obviously not the same thing but you know it's like a prolonged period of you need to have like a positive mental attitude where you're like right just take it step by step do this get here take it from there see what happens and like i would always you know like i hated revising but i would always get it in my head it's like right it needs to be done same as having a baby like you're gonna have it yeah. you know what i mean you can't just go nah and just you can't disappear just avoid the situation yeah. yeah so i was like right you know you just sit and you're like right positive mental attitude just do the work today then get up do it tomorrow do it the next day and then it'll be over eventually and you just have to keep drilling that into yourself like it's almost like a conscious it's like breathing almost you know like you're consciously telling like and continually telling yourself right it's going to be okay yeah and there's always that sort of like i don't know if you're the sea you probably are like but there always is the doubt goes to creep in yeah and then you almost have to like it's like you're having a battle you know it's like you know when you see those films and stuff and you've like the devil on one shoulder and yeah. like an angel on the other and it's like they're both your mind is trying to do both like trying to get like yeah. get the devil in and like you know not literally but like you know let the bad thoughts in and then you have to keep going like no it's going to be fine yeah. it's going to be okay like that i did have two moments like that and the first one was whenever i was ringing the hospital to be like how am i getting to the hospital and how am i getting there the baby's on the on the way and i was like had a big cry and i was like how am i going to do this on my own <laughs> i can't do this on my own i can't and then i was like it was like almost like having to smack yourself across yeah. like, right fuck up you yeah. can't do it you can't do it and <laughs> yeah. then the next time was like whenever i was on the way to the hospital i was like i'll not be able to do this i won't be able to do it and then i was like no i will be able to do it i will be able to do it <laughs> like you have to just tell yourself yeah. like that's the same as like obviously it's completely different but whenever i'm running up that prince william road yeah. and you can just see this gradual incline in front you're like i can't do it <laughs> i can't take another step you can yeah. you can it's the exact you just thing. don't want to do it yeah yeah and it's like climbing a mountain as well you know i've talked a lot you know on these episodes about climbing mountains and stuff but it is the same thing you know you just you keep putting a foot in front of the other and it doesn't seem to be getting any closer yeah and you're like fuck and then you're just like you know just keep going just keep going just keep don't think about it just put one foot in front of the other you'll get to the top eventually you know and it is that it's very easy to you know it is like one of the biggest battles we have especially over lockdown is you know fighting with your own mind yeah you know what i mean and you know telling yourself oh it's going to be okay it's not going to be okay and like perfect example for me was the first lockdown was announced and i was it was weird because i was sitting in the front room and it was today today's the 23rd yeah it was a year today mm-hmm. that's fucking mad but yeah 
that just shows you like this time last year first lockdown was announced and i was sitting there and my initial thoughts were oh that's actually quite cool full lockdown like you know i'm gonna live through this this is actually pretty you know mad like this is you know i get to sit in the house for three weeks happy days and then about 10 minutes later it was like holy fuck like this is gonna last a long time yeah and i you know being the eternal pessimist i am i did think at the time i think it's going to be like a year at least yeah and then it just all like this mad feelings came over over me of you know uh that's a year year of my life gone you know i'm gonna be stuck in the house for a year this is fucking awful this is the worst thing ever and you know i got really really like upset and angry and stuff yeah and then an hour later it was like right well that's just the way it is there's nothing you can do about it just focus on you know getting up in the morning doing some revision and then once you've finished that worry about what you're going to do next then once you've done that worry about what you're going to do after that yeah and you know here you are a year later and i'm all right you know what i mean and yeah. that's the thing and you know it is that, and that kind of shows the importance of like as i said earlier on with the adriana but like having a routine 100 like, percent. i know people like people say it, you can be a creature of habit and whatever but you know there's nothing wrong with that because it, it does get you through things at the same time 100 percent. like and i you know no routine really fucked me up you know mm-hmm. like i'm not a massive routine person but having none at all yeah i do not think you know that's one thing i wanted to ask you about like obviously you've had you have three kids mm-hmm. and for most of lockdown you had two and you were pregnant with the other mm-hmm. and obviously you're stuck in the house all day every day as you touched like you touched on earlier on there's no routine routine and stuff like i find it hard enough sitting in this house with just my brother who's a full-grown adult and my mum and dad who are full-grown adults mm-hmm. and then my dad was out of the house you know maybe he was only off like six weeks of lockdown and then he's been working ever since yeah but even just being stuck in the house with just my brother and my mum yeah constantly they irritate me you know just it's the same with being if you're with anybody too long it's irritating yeah we like there's a thing i read the other day um well not the other it was a while ago olga friedman or something she was called i don't know if you saw this but she had a i think she, her child was really really like autistic like properly like like really badly autistic and usually you know five days a week either went to a special school and stuff yeah and then she'd only really had to have looked after him in the weekends and she ended up killing him um like oh smothered God. him to, i think smothered him to death with a pillow or something um and you know the judge like obviously she's in a like mental like yeah. hospital or something but the judge said you know he was very or she i think was very compassionate and she was like you know you were just at your wits end having to deal with like and not having the right resources yeah. not having a second yourself now i'm not saying you know i'm not asking you either like did you ever want to kill your kids that's not what i'm asking <laughs> yes i did uh, yeah if i'm sure you're not the only one like but what i'm morally asking is like did you ever reach like you said you were you know whenever like the positive mental attitude when it came to like having like um what do you call amelia and stuff did you ever think did you ever like was that how you had to think basically to get through lockdown with you know raising two kids and being pregnant with another and then you know being in the house 24 7 you know not having a second to yourself like was that the same thing where it was like right just take it day by day you know take it step by step or else you would have you know lost the plot like well i think um up until just before christmas i think it was or maybe just after christmas um i was still working yeah and then i just got to the stage where i i I just couldn't continue on just with how sick i was during pregnancy and stuff but you know I, i had been working and i was doing 
uh, well, it was only supposed to be two, two and a half days a week, but it usually ended up being more like three and a half, yeah. four days a week. Um, just because of COVID, people, everywhere short staffed and all the rest of it. So it, it did actually help then that I actually was out of the house an awful yeah. lot of the time. And we were lucky that our childminder had a lot of other key workers because me and Dana are obviously both key workers. Yeah. So we, we were working the whole way through out. And I think if I didn't have that outlet for, you know, just work and seeing people other than the kids and obviously Dean as well, like I would, I probably would have fucking just went mad. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm not going to sit here and bullshit anybody. And I, like I do suffer with my mental health as well. And I think, you know, obviously it's been spoke about a lot how lockdown has affected people's mental health like i was doing quite well but to positive mental attitude is great and all like but it does only get you a certain part of the way and sometimes you do need another wee bit of help like so it was like you do have like you know i'm not embarrassed to say i was in counseling before lockdown had started and stuff and lockdown has obviously stopped that yeah so it's just kind of like because like you know that is you know one of the things that people you know one of the major issues with lockdown is you know and one of the major things that people talk about when it comes to daily you know why you know we end in lockdown and stuff mm-hmm. is the argument of you know mental like the mental health and, crisis and yeah. stuff that arises from it and you know there was um like to me personally i've you know i've been all right like you know it's annoying and stuff but you know i'm always sort of the same level of like perpetual I don't even know how to describe it, like, uh, like perpetual just existence. I just kind of like, right, it is what it is. You know what I mean? That's my, yeah, that's my motto. Yeah, it's just, you know, it is what it is. If it's going good, it's going good. If it's going bad, it's going bad. But, you know, I'm never, I never get overly excited or overly upset. It's just a constant state of like, meh, Meh. you know what I mean? That way. Um, so lockdown never really, you know, affected me massively. Um, I think, you know, when you could have um i forgot completely that you actually worked in the chemist wasn't it yeah yeah that's because I, I knew like you'd, you'd obviously been working you know during it and stuff but i couldn't remember what it was but yeah as soon as you said you know key worker i was like yeah i remember now um but yeah that you know what kept me seeing was going out and getting like a few shifts in the deliveries yeah you know just it was only two nights a week but it got you out of the house and it got you doing something but and like seeing different faces other than exactly and John yeah and Alex, yeah and the same in your part and like and stuff but do you think um with schools and stuff going back um remember we touched on it at the start about you know for the actual well-being of like your kids and stuff but in terms of your own well-being do you think you appreciate like adults as a whole you know and yourself of course obviously and dean appreciate schools more and what they actually do than what you did beforehand you know what i mean yeah they uh school have an app called seesaw and they were sending through the work for, through the seesaw and it just makes you realize like obviously adriana's only p1 but the, the amount of effort that the teachers are going through to prepare the work yeah for us to then do it now the obviously the standard differ differs every day between how much patience i have <laughs> yeah and how much patience adriana had but absolutely yeah like i just think what a superstar like i just look at <laughs> yeah. all the teachers and i'm like wow you are a hero <laughs> you're a hero and it's just like yeah definitely a, f- a new appreciation for schools and yeah. stuff because i you know if you ask me personally like i could never teach primary yeah. school pupils like to me it's my it would be mind numbing 
you know what I mean um I think it's mainly you know whenever you think about what you're learning in P1 it's the foundation foundations of everything you're going to learn for the rest of your life like you know simple simple math simple arithmetic simple letters and how words are made up and things like that but you know I think it's important for parents to remember which you know it took me it took me weeks to take this on board that we have had parents have had no prior training unless you're obviously a trained teacher or you know a homeschooler you've had no previous training to do this and it's very easy to slip into the the thing of and I think I said it before like I'm failing Adriana and I'm not doing well enough and you know I'm just like this whole thing is just an absolute mess and she's not learning anything she's still picking things up like they're more smart than what we the ability um, of kids to pick stuff up at a young age is incredible like you know especially like with languages and stuff you know um like i knew a boy in my uni course who he'd moved from spain he'd lived in spain his whole life his mom was english and his dad was like german oh right okay so he spoke all three from the age of like five and you're like you know i remember asking him i was like you know how did what did you learn first and he was like i don't know i just spoke them all like normally you know like to him it was just a normal thing normal yeah where it's like trying to do that now you'd have no chance you know what i mean unless you were properly focused on it and stuff but like you said you know about homeschooling and stuff and about you know teaching kids that and it's just an interesting point i i remember one of my lectures saying actually my dissertation supervisor who was like he was a full-on genius like and his words to me were primary education is the hardest to teach Mm -hmm. and then secondary is in the middle and university is easiest because he said you know if you're at that university level you just give the work and let them get on with it yeah whereas it's the same i suppose like in lockdown like myself i had uni work to do my mom and dad didn't need to help me with that obviously yeah. one the, like i was more advanced than they were so they couldn't help me even if they wanted to but even if they were able to help me it's a lot easier to explain to an adult a like mad complex like theory of relativity than it is to get a p1 to understand you know how 10 minus 11 gives you yeah. minus one you know what i mean and i think you know that's one of the most frustrating things is the stuff that primary teachers have to teach kids is so simple that it's almost impossible to teach yeah which is what makes it you know a very very like useful skill yeah that i i would never be able to do myself like like it's even the simplest things like we obviously because we have been we've had proper education and been in proper schools and we have not had experienced any lockdowns during childhood one of the ones that like makes me laugh is adriana and she'll go yeah and i'll be like right she'll go cloud and i'll be like and what sound does a cloud start what word what sound does the word cloud start with and she'll go and i'll go is that a kicking or a circle (laughs) and she'll be it's a kicking no it's and then (laughs) i'm trying to figure out how can i explain explain that yes these two letters do make the same sound at times but how do i explain that yeah because oh, i just no, don't yeah. have any no. like i any idea and like oh like i could just imagine trying to teach you know like sort of later primary school kids like i before a yeah when it makes no sense like it should be ei everything is pronounced like receive is c-e-i is how it's pronounced yeah. but it's c-i-e spelt how do you explain that to a kid yeah you know and be like no you just put the i before the e why i don't know just do it yeah you know what i mean like I before you accept that like it just <laughs> stupid fucking things like that that make no sense in the english language you know what i mean yeah. um like i have a lot of you know respect for primary school teachers and i always you know 
always said that you know i know quite a few who are wanting to go down that route and stuff and i always say the same thing i'm like i could never teach that yeah uh, i think on that note um we'll just call it there the butterfly is spoken um thank you very much shannon for coming on um i'm basically telling your story very interesting you know and thank you very much jordan uh, sorry if i've waffled a wee bit and if it's not interesting to nope. everybody but i've been busting to get on <laughs> since the podcast started now you've got it now, I'm, it. now I'm going to be a local celebrity. Fuck's <laughs> exactly. sake, I'm going to well, get a good Tesco shopping now. I'm still not a local celebrity yet, like, so you have a long way to go. This like, is going to launch us into stardom. <laughs> fingers crossed. Like, if anybody's hearing this, you know, just share around everywhere and get it out there. But, um, yeah. Just let you know I am available at uh, BBC Radio Ulster. Uh, radio 5 Live, Stephen Q, Nolan. Q whoever. Radio, whoever, whoever <laughs> it is, I am available for call-ups now. I need to fill this maternity in somehow. There we go, yeah. Um, if any of you are listening, um, I'm sure you are. Like, But anyway, um, thank you very much for coming on. Hope you all enjoy the episode, guys. Um, and yeah, appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs>